Well, how are we doing, guys? Um, welcome back to the What's Happening podcast. Today, I have Dave Butler on, um, or David, whatever you want to call him. Um, and basically, he was a member of Queen's Mountaineering Society Club, whatever you want to call it as well, for a year and has, you know, done a far extensive bit of climbing um, throughout his time. So today, you know, we had the previous episode about climbing, um, you know, why we love to climb mountains and stuff. And I just thought it would be good to get someone else on who has a good climbing experience to kind of talk about why they love climbing, when they started, you know, what it is about it, and, you know, some stories and stuff they have along the way. So we'll start off with, Dave, first thing I want to ask you, why did you get, like, why did you get into climbing in the first place? Do you know what I mean? Dude, you know what? I actually really couldn't tell you. Um, I guess in a very, like, roundabout way or in a very, like, direct summary, it's like, I just want to be the most interesting version of my authentic self I can be. And this was also about... You know, you don't find yourself, you create yourself. And maybe I just didn't have enough, like, self-confidence as a kid or whatever. I know, grow, and I never, like, really fit in with the traditional things of where I was from, of GAA or football or whatever. I was, like, you know, the kid in the beat-up skateboard, listening to punk rock, running around at night, some other kind of spray paint. But it's, like, I always just kind of, like, wanted to do things differently. And at the time, well, like when I was growing up, there was no major like outlet for it because I think like it does start off in a climbing gym, and like it's only in the past five to six years that climbing gyms really have taken off. And it's one of those. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's the same with a lot of sports in the sense that you almost need somebody who's already done it to introduce you to yeah, introduce yeah. you to it. Yeah, like it's like this, like Formula One or you know people you see doing like ski jumping, all that sort of stuff. It's not something you just. Do. Up, and do it's not like I mean? you know i'm just going to go up to come shimon and the cameras and be like all right i'm going to climb that it's like you need like to find out if you like it or not you need like the gym you need like you know that kind of like those stepping stones so like that wasn't there in like certainly i feel when i was growing up in the area i was in and then you know i came up here to do my master's in like 2015 2016 and but like here's the thing by then i had been exposed to like climbing from like school trips and stuff and I knew, hmm, this is gnarly. I'll think I, I really like this. And I kind of always said to myself, if I end up in, like, you know, that environment where there's the community of it and there's, like, you know, the the direct outlet of it, it's like, I'm going to immerse myself in it. So I came up and, like, did my master's, joined the Queen's Club, met, like, the nicest, gnarliest people. And I feel like it was, like, the right thing for it to happen because there was such, it was just such a good, like, learning curve. And they always, like, like even, like, learning all the things of oh even clipping a quick draw you know they just made like kevin chong just made sure you know your shit and it's like i love kevin for that um but yeah that's about it it's like um you know always want to do it then i got a chance to gradable by the horns and i've been doing it ever since ever since yeah Yeah, i think like you made a good point about you know not being the typical kid you know and it's the same like you said like you know you're from you know hundreds of miles from where i'm from but it's the same thing it's yeah football you know just general being outside playing football you know playing like tag or tag whatever you know running about playing playstation going playing fifa you know just doing normal things that you're kind of expected to do and i think when i was younger i kind of it was the same idea for me like i didn't really you know socialize a lot until i was maybe like 13 and i would have sat like and i i would have played a lot of the playstation but it would have been like different to what kids my age would have been playing like i'd have been playing you know your likes of 
mass effect and stuff more for like oh the world building the galaxy and i'd be questioning myself oh what, what about is there life out there you, you know what i mean playing like, call of duty question well i was yeah don't get me wrong <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. definitely was but i was a lot more into you know games that had more of a like sort of existential meaning yeah there's a, like a depth to yeah, it yeah and like i was that kind of weird kid when i was younger um and a lot of my mates now would still you know take the piss out of me for that like you know in like just a funny way and be like oh you were a loner till you were like 13 or whatever um and it is like i got into you know climbing and stuff through duke of ed and you know i'd done both all three of my duke of eds and stuff and you know there was something about it that that's the only way I got into it. You know, if I hadn't have done Not my Not the ju- sport itself, but the people, just, the core community of the sport. Do you yes. feel like you really fit in with that? Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel, I've always been a big thinker, right? And I think any outdoor sport in general is a massive outlet for just letting your head go. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, oh, I, oh, completely. Like I being go- in the present yeah, moment. Yeah, and I got that from, you know, it's the same, just going outside, like going for a walk. You know, sitting in the house, doing nothing over lockdown kills me. But if I at least go out for half an hour walk, clear yeah. my head, just being outside. And from that, you know, doing Duke of Ed and stuff like that, which wasn't climbing, it was just hiking and stuff. I was just, I really like this. You know, just being out in nature, being able to appreciate nature, you know. It was kind of like Carl Sagan, um, like an astronomer, said, you know, astronomy is a very humbling subject. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, climbing and hiking is a very humbling, like, activity or sport because you appreciate, like nature itself and you appreciate and there's just so much benefit to that yeah now, like eight now i'm really good at like hmm, i'm going to pull like this half remembered fact out of my ass but i was reading them in i remember royal society of biology and they have a publication called a biologist and one of like the most interesting stories i ever read was that people who grow up in nature tend to have better mental health and they also tend to live longer yeah. as well so like obviously and it's, it's you can't like quantify it or, you know, put the material science perspective on it. There's, there's something there. We don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Because yeah. I'm just too busy trying to make my, like, research <laughs> bullshit work. Yeah. No, 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 not what I'm do- you don't doing. research is bullshit. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. But it, it, you're right. Like, people who grow up in nature tend to, like, better mental health tend to live longer. But also, and here's, like, another, like, half, like, remembered fact I'm pulling out of my ass. Apparently, people in hospital rooms that overlook large bodies of water let's just say a lake or a sea apparently and like you know I couldn't even like pull this publication or this like pop journalism yeah, in front of you but apparently like, there is yeah. like something that like you know people who grow up sorry not people who grow up what am I trying to say people who, people who are, like, have a nice have like a large body of water like a sea yeah. a lake or a river from their ho- that, that they can view from the hospital bed tend to have better outcomes well you always hear yeah about you know doctors tell and i always find this weird when i was younger but like older people and stuff if they've ever if they've ever had something wrong with them you know when they're recovering doctors will tell them i'll oh, go on holiday you know like go somewhere and relax like and it's probably the same but there's so know? much mentality to it there's yeah, so of much of like is, yeah. whatever and like so lately i've been like trying to get into meditation and stuff and so now i'm like medit- trying to meditate 15 minutes every day and it's just like such it does such like wonders and do you ever do you know like the who's that dutch guy my friend pete goes on about maton like so he's a nice swimmer or whatever but he's like on about how he uses meditation oh yes as well. like, yeah 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 i'll oh, forget his name he's got the big beard and all yeah and he yes do you know what we were up the mornings the other day and one of my mates was actually talking about him and about how he uses like meditation techniques to like help enhance his breathing yeah yeah and yeah. stuff um and it helps him with everything it helps him sleep at night it helps him function and better. here's the thing since I've done that, right? So, and sorry to interrupt, but since I've done that, better going to sleep, having better sleep. I'm, 
And like usually it takes me ages to drag my ass out in the morning, but like now it's like Straight I'm up. up before some I'm either up before my alarm goes off or I'm up when my alarm goes off and there's no problem getting yeah. out of bed. Do you know what I think as well about getting out of bed and stuff like that? Like and being in nature, I have never really, you know, woke up in a tent and been tired. Do you know what I mean? And I, I know exactly what and you I mean. I don't know why. Like I like we done like when I was talking to you, you know, before about like the Tour de Mont Blanc and stuff, like yeah. we were getting up. Sick, like we'd have been hiking, you know, eight nine hours a day before. You'd have pitched your tent, got made some food, get into bed, woke up at six in the morning, still dark. Had to get up, you know, put your tent away and stuff. And doing that, like I, I don't. My alarm would have went off at six. I'd have been up in the tent, would have been down, and I'd had my breakfast on by quarter past. But you know what I mean? And you, I, here's the thing: in your home, like, how many distractions do you yeah, have? Yeah, exactly. Like, your you phone, know, you can you like know. have light whenever you want it. Whereas, yeah. like, okay, granted, when you're camping, you have. Like your head torches or your lantern or whatever, but then you 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 try to conserve the batteries so you don't yeah. fuck around or whatever. But like, and you've no so signal on co- your phone or anything like that. And again, like I don't know, are you going back to like a more natural? Rhythm I would when you're camping. I would and say whatnot? so. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. you know, um, there's a lot of stuff. Like I'm not a biologist or anything, but I do enjoy. You know, I'm always of the mindset. You know, and always it's okay. Have I'm a mediocre biologist, yeah. <laughs> so I got us both covered. <laughs> yeah, you could take that. Like I say, Rod, <laughs> it's better than me anyway. But um, yeah. I would always be like, you know. We, as humans, you know, we are just, you know, apes that learned how to talk. And it's always me that, you know, I like sort of having, feeling more like an animal. You know what I mean? Like, and I think being stuck in a house, all your electronics and stuff, you're separated from the reality of who you are. Whereas when you're in nature, you know, you're with other animals. You're just living, like, not necessarily living off the land, but, you know, even sitting, lighting a fire, cooking your food over a fire at a campsite... It just feels a lot like if I went into my house right now and I could cook up a massive steak dinner and I would like it, but I wouldn't appreciate it as much as boiling beans in a pot <laughs> over a fire in the middle of the mountains. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah, way. Cause and I think it is that, that. Yeah, I think yeah. it is that like that natural thing that you're like, you just feel this is what I should be doing. It just feels natural. You feel more involved. And does, does this not go back to the point earlier of you're just trying to make a better version of your authentic self? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And I, do you know what? That I took a boy up. There's a boy, um, Tyler, who, if anyone's listening to this, you know, he's an absolute good for you. Go about how he changed his life around stuff. But this guy basically used to be out, drink all the time and stuff. And now, like he's a PT now and stuff, but it's not only the PT and he does, like as you said about meditation, mm-hmm. the first thing he does when he gets up in the morning is he meditates and he goes for a walk every morning. Yeah. And, you know, he came up the mornings with us a few times and, you know, the first time he came up, he was just like, you know, this is great. This is unreal. I come up here a lot more often. I feel so good up here. You know, I feel so much better. Yeah. And it is, you know, that making yourself, I don't know, just, I think you said about, you know, becoming more like the best possible version of yourself. A yeah, lot of that. because you know what, like I... Okay, so I'm like 31 now, but I know I'm definitely in a much better mental state, but also m- like phys- so much physically fitter than what I was at 21 yeah. without like any climbing or whatever, just doing whatever. Would in you say in terms of fitness then? Like, because a lot of people seem to disregard this because, you know, it's sort of that paradox that to be good at climbing, you don't really, ha- you can't really have a lot of muscle. You know, like in terms of, you know, like a bodybuilder would be a shit climber because they're too heavy. Well, again, I'm not like, you know... No, but that's what I mean. expert on it. But it's, in one way, you use... In, with, with your muscles, I feel like you use them in a way you've never used them before. So I remember like, you know, the first few weeks of climbing when I came up here. 
just like how bad my, after each forearms night, how, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how bad it was but like now it's fine now saying that i'm not doing like you know in in the lockdown we're in in the absence of climbing gyms and even in the absence of like climbing outdoors it's like um Two i just can't wait away. to see how shit i am after yeah this. <laughs> but it, 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 you're right though it is the muscles that you don't really expect that yeah half the time you wouldn't even know they're there no, you know what I mean? Like no. your forearms, like you look at your forearms and there is no definition or bulk to them. So it literally just looks like it's bone. You know what yeah. I mean? And that was the first thing, like when I started climbing and stuff and going to Boulder World and stuff, uh, which if anyone doesn't know, if you're interested in climbing at all, you should definitely look it up. Um, it's just down off like near Windsor Park. Um, just off, off Boucher Boucher Road. Road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it is just a climbing gym. Um, you can just compare membership and stuff and then basically just obviously not at the minute like but you know when things are open just go down and climb till your heart's content but when i first went down there that was the first thing you know got me it wasn't you know i thought maybe my shoulders would be sore my biceps my legs whatever was none of that it no. was the forearms and the fingers and here's you know the what thing. I mean? when i was climbing in the suez gym in limerick uh run by john harrison and David, crap, I can't remember David's last name. David, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> the gnarliest bunch of guys, a climbing gym like set up by climbers for climbers and it's it's so good and I actually do miss climbing there. Um, but they were taking like group tours and whatnot, or for, uh, group activities and some, sometimes you'd see guys, obviously it's their first time climbing, but they're like physically built and whatnot and they think they can like flash it <laughs> and then you see them struggling on yeah. like the simplest <laughs> things because again, it's like, you know, it's a different type of... Uh, but it's an all-body workout, you know what I mean? That's the thing. Like, people always talk about, and I'm always one for, you know, if people are... David watching, Hackett, sorry. There you go, David Hackett. David Hackett. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Dave, I'm so sorry. <laughs> At least you remembered eventually, though. But, um, yeah, it's like one of those things, you know, anyone I talk to, you know, about getting fit and stuff. And, like, I would call... I'd say, like, you know, I'm relatively fit, but I'm no, like, Mo Farah or, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But do you want to be like, like that? that, though? No, not at all. And here's the thing, it's like, um, you know... Uh, a cousin of mine was into athletics and stuff and I think maybe there was the possibility for Olympics whatever I don't know I, again I'm in the realm of talking out yeah. my ass <laughs> but it's like you know the regime actually do you know what let's take back to climbing like look at the regime of the professional climbers yeah do you want to put yourself through that no way you know the Alex like, Honnold and all like you know I I fucking love chocolate dude yeah I will just inhale chocolate and sometimes it's just nice to sit around and do nodding it's like yeah. I, I appreciate that climbing has you know encouraged me to push myself physically as well to be you know to get yeah. up to a level because yeah, yeah, yeah. my aim was like oh I'm going to climb a 7A in like an E2 and it's like yeah. well that's not happening this year <laughs> Yeah, but you know it's like yeah. it's good to push yourself but like that level where it's just where you know essentially climbing is your job it's like yeah. nah uh, I just I think it would be yeah. so unenjoyable no it wouldn't be no not at all but like even from just a you know like a recreational point of view there are very few things you can do you know that will enhance your fitness as much as climbing you know if well, you were to do it to the same degree as running or if you you know it's it's the whole it's a whole body workout you know what i mean and a lot of people you know i talk to are like oh yeah what's the best exercises to do and like any pt i've talked well, to i would in say the gym, it's a mixture of things so like in my previous lifetime before doing this research i used to row cycle spin single speed yeah. bikes yoga run and climb but every but like it sounds like it's and it wasn't this wasn't me trying to be like super duper fit this was me it's like no i just want to be yeah. better at climbing climbing was number one 
So oh, sorry, it is number one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, anyway. Um, but yeah, like it's just you know, it's like especially for people who I know who you know aren't maybe the fittest and want to get fitter, but the idea of running on a road doesn't interest them. The idea of lifting oh, look, running's painful, dude. Yeah, I mean, I hate running. Like, and the, the like, other like we did do a five k the other day, and honestly, how'd mate, you get on? I wasn't bad. I like, was twenty five minutes or something, which for the first five k since June I'll take. But like, I just hate. Like, it was literally in a park, and, you know, the only thing that kept me going was the fact that I was running with other people. Yeah, You yeah. see, if I'd have been doing it on my own, I would have just stopped, because not even at the point where I, like, couldn't carry myself anymore. I would have just got to about two and a half K and been like, this is so boring. You know um, what I mean? Well, here's the thing. It's like, I try, try to put a positive spin on it. Like, you build it up. You build it up. Oh, like, yeah. And, like, obviously, you're always outlapping the people who, who don't bother. But, like, yeah. so I hate running, too fucking despise it dude <laughs> and so the thing is if i like do so i i do a 5k every two days if yeah. i do more than that like and i'm probably at the stage where it's like all right your body's gonna start failing yeah, now yeah, but yeah. i have like huge pains in my right knee but like i still like <laughs> keep I it do up, what yeah. i can do because again it's like i need to be aerobically better yeah. for climbing and like climbing will make you you know like that's the thing like you said about and it, it just makes me like want to do other things yeah. to be better at climbing. So I go back to like I used to row, cycle. Yeah, yoga. so it gets you into it. Yeah. I yeah, and yeah. it was like, you know, I think when I went to the Verdon Gorge, that was like peak fitness and stuff. Yeah, because it is like, it is difficult. You know what I mean? Like people don't appreciate how hard it is to climb. And that's the thing, you know, that free solo documentary, um, I'm sure you've seen it like. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. One of the most mental things I've ever seen in my life. But the thing that got all my you know my mates and you know people i know that have watched it and were talking to me about it is oh like if one slip and he's dead but what got me was how physically fit is he you know what i mean like oh he's an animal that's the thing that got me more than anything it wasn't the oh if he falls he dies because you know anybody can fall and die on anything it's a physical fitness to climb something like that continually for that amount of time is just insane How you know what i mean three and a half hours or something no I think maybe it was two like and a half three hours and like 58 minutes yeah there you go like yeah four yeah. hours like four hours of vertically and climbing. like here's the thing how many times did he climb that route yeah to get it down to a t yeah hundreds like yeah. I, that's what he said i think he'd said like there's some other boy he was climbing with and he's like oh how many times have you climbed you know el cap and he just sort of flippantly was like oh not many i think about 40 I'm like, what do you mean you think about 40? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've been up Donard about four times, and I'm like, right, that's me done. I've had enough of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it is, it, it's a, it is, it's, yeah. it's mental. And I think, you know, Alex Honnold made another fair point in that documentary where he said, when you're up there climbing, especially like he was referring to free, like free soloing, but I think for most mortal people, you know, just climbing even like with a rope or bouldering or whatever, is because you have to give it 100% focus. Your mind... You have to be in the present yeah. moment. There's no past, no future. No, just it's just your next right step, now. your yeah, next yeah. hand. And I think, like, we climbed... Um, I was saying, like, the Devil's Coach Road about two weeks, three weeks ago. And when we climbed, usually, you know, it's it's not too bad. It's a scramble. Like, it's kind of... There are parts of it that, you know, you would class as, you know, bouldering, but it's only for, you know, maybe seven or eight feet. Mm-hmm. And But in that seven or eight feet section, it's usually okay. But... The way the rock was, the rock was frozen. So, like, there was nowhere to grip because it was just pure ice. And I got to that point and I, you know, because it was ice the whole way down, you couldn't go to, you, there's no way you'd go back down. It would be far too dangerous. So, going up, I was like, right, if I don't go up here, I'm fucked, like, right? And 
in that moment, you know, the heart starts going. You know, I never thought, oh, I'm going to die or anything like that. But it just gets, it gets the heart pumping, the blood going. It gets you thinking, right, what am I going to do here? How am I going to get through this? And then it's almost like your brain goes into like a hyperactive state of mind. And I'm like, right, oh, look, there's a hole there. I'll stick my foot in there. I'll yeah. shimmy up. It was almost like it was a really narrow gap. And, you know, usually you just pull yourself up. But because of the ice, you couldn't. So I just kind of got into it and sort of, you know, like wiggled myself up it. And like used my feet kind of to like almost like, um, you know, like the house chimney in K2. Like obviously nowhere near to the same extent, but like that's the kind of like it's like a like sort of like a gorge you go into and you kind of climb it vertically mm-hmm. but you know usually you would just climb it but you had to like basically like spider-man it up it and you know normally i would have never thought about that like oh why don't i try that but it's just in that moment you things come into your head that you're like fuck i never even knew that was in there and mm-hmm. it's like when you do an exam that you've trained and prepared for and you maybe come to a question that you think i don't know how to answer that and then two minutes later you're like oh actually do bang 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 everything comes out and it's such a good feeling that you're like i never knew i had that in me i never knew you know i had that knowledge in there i never knew i had you know the intuition or perseverance to stick my foot there to try this to do that and i think climbing's a very good thing along with that it's the same with you go to you know boulder world and like for anyone that doesn't know you mentioned like you know 3e and all that sort of stuff earlier on and like basically to anyone that doesn't know like there are grades for climbing and like different routes have different grades of difficulty and all that sort of stuff and you know obviously you go to you know boulder world and you, there's a beginner's wall i think it's like green or orange isn't it and then the harder ends like black so and i'm at the stage where i can't remember but like it's something yeah, along those it's colored that. sequenced anyway yeah. and you get such a good like feeling when you go back and like the first week i went i could barely do a green wall which is basically like climbing a ladder. Do you know what I mean? And then, so what, did you ever go to a gym to work out? What do you mean, like a like go to a gym, like, like run a climbing on gym? No, no, like like a normal gym and like yeah, 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 yeah. So I d- I did it like you know a few times. So I just didn't feel anything, but like you know there is that huge sense of achievement when you're in the climbing gym and like you get the route. Yeah, you know that you and, have and, like, you couldn't get the week before. And like or not to take away from people who who do like going to like gyms and working out and like lifting weights and stuff and like you know that that. If that suits them, that's fine. But for me, it's like, you know, it, it just never really yeah. gelled with me. Saying that, I go back to, I want to get better at climbing, so maybe I do need to do that. Do you know, you say yeah. there about, um, you know, like that sense of achievement. And I had a guy, you know, on the other week, the PT, and talking about, you know, clients and stuff and them having a sense of achievement. And, you know, we talked about running. You're like, oh, well, you can cut your 5K time up. Um, you know, you maybe first time you go, you're 30 minutes and 28, 25, yeah. 22, 21, whatever. And you know, that is a sense of achievement, but you don't, it's not like a visual sense of achievement. You only like see it on a screen. Whereas when you climb a mountain or if you climb a harder route that you couldn't climb before, like the achievement is right in front of you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That yeah, way. And I yeah. think it, as you say, like it's, it, it does, you, once you notice you're making a change, it helps so much. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I don't know, like, it's the same with, you know, doing, like, like I brought, you know, my mates up in the mornings and stuff, and they were like, oh, I don't know if I can get to the top of, like, Donard here. You know, they were blow- blowing out their arse by the time they got to, like, the saddle. And then I'm like, no, you can, don't worry about it, you can do it. And you just push and push and push, and once you get there, they're like, oh, you know what, I'm so glad i done that, I didn't think I'd make it. And it is, you know, I think I said in that episode about why we climb mountains and stuff, it is that visual, you know, 
I don't know what the word is, justification or gratification, maybe. Did you get to see the views of Newcastle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, I, do what, uh, so me and my friend Pete, and Pete could fucking murder me for saying the story, but (laughs) we decided to bivy in the woods of Donard, right? In just survival bags, not even bivy bags, survival bags. And it was a case where we were both going back to work, so there was only like one weekend to what, do like it. A, a survival shelter? No, no, like the, oh, actual, the actual survival bag. bags. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, this is like complete and utter fucking misery, dude. <laughs> yeah, for any, anybody that doesn't know, like um, like the bevy, like bevyak is literally to just lie. You know, you, you, don't, have a t- you yeah. don't have a tent. But we actually did have a tent with us, but like, no, fuck it, we're doing this, because we wanted to get up like super early to yeah. like, go up Donard. So we, we, we like, you know, sleeping bags and all that and survival bags, but then the rain, we still get wet. We hardly sleep at all. We got up at half four to go up Donard. It took us ages to go up because, you know, we're cramped down in, yeah. in the bags <laughs> trying to sleep. So we're in like, Jesus, are you trying to sleep or are you just like in a torture position? Yeah. And like, so, you know, and then it just takes us ages to get up Donard because we're just like fucked. We didn't sleep at all during the night. We're wet. We're miserable. And then we get to the top and it's like just covered in cloud <laughs> we didn't even get the the, the, achieve, the achievement of the view oh man that is a nightmare and Pete like. did not talk to me for like a week <laughs> after that <laughs> see, see to be fair a few weeks ago like or was longer than that like but my mate goes to me do you want to go to Torella Beach for sunrise and I was like yeah, yeah what's the weather like and he's like oh it's meant to be alright and to be fair it was my fault because I never checked and you know get up I think maybe half five-ish we're there for about seven o'clock sunrise is maybe half seven and it just kept getting brighter and brighter and like there was no sun and i was like where's the sun and he's like oh it actually you know i think rises more over to the left like we've you know stood somewhere where you can't actually see it and i was like oh my <laughs> god like why have i came do you know what i mean like oh uh, like and then but did you appreciate that you got up at yeah, that time yeah, to do something yeah, so sometimes yeah. it's like you know okay again sorry pete because you could just fucking kick the <laughs> shit out of me but it's like you know as miserable as that was i'm still fucking glad i did yeah. it and like the reason why i had it in my head to do that was because uh just uh one of my good friends, Mile Nerfy, um, I think one time, like, he, you know, it was such a good day. They would, it was such a good day climbing that they wanted to climb for the whole weekend. Uh, so they just, like, slept right beside where they were climbing. Just no tents, just sleeping yeah. bags. But they had the temperature and weather for to do that. Where yeah, it was like, yeah. Where, like, hmm. I used to just went, fuck it, and just went for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, like, you talk about, you know, um, climbing with... Type 2 fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a different level, like, uh, it's more like... To- like I like this after. It's the same, you know, doing exercise and stuff. It's like, I hate this. My legs are on fire, you know. I hate running, but I'll appreciate it after type thing. And it's like probably the same with Donard. You know, at the time you thought, fuck, this was a nightmare. Why did I agree to do this? But then I suppose when you maybe got home, got into the shower, bath, whatever, got into bed, you're like, you know what? I am glad I did that. Yeah. And it is that, you know, sort of retrospective appreciation as well and that's and the weird thing, you know. That's about, what mountaineering is full of. Yeah. Type 2 fun. Yeah. Maybe some type 3 fun. But you, mostly type two. Fun. What do you mean type three? Type three was a uh, so. Uh, so what do you mean? Go. What do you mean by so type one fun? So type one fun is like all right, we're doing this activity, it's enjoyable, and we recognize that we're enjoying it. Yeah. Type two fun is like, um, we're doing this activity. It's not particularly enjoyable, but when we look back on it, we're going to be glad we did it. Yeah. And it's you know retrospectively enjoyable. And then type three fun, it's like, um, we're doing this activity. It's not enjoyable. I'm <laughs> looking back on it, and I fucking hate it. Um. Uh, I'm fr- I was friends with a bunch of so in the graduate entry medical medical school in yeah. University of Limerick, like it's you know a bunch of Canadians Americans uh, studying there, and they formed like a the Gems Extreme Society of like oh extreme outdoor medicine, and I was friends with uh, one of the guys, Phil Green. Phil Green was just he's, he's such a cool dude, I really look up to him. But well, someone got their friend to come over to talk about. Um, so he was like a mountain guide in Boulder in Colorado, and he came over 
uh, to visit. Um, but then he also gave a talk about uh, high level altitude sickness and of, and he talked about how, you know, he was training on the peaks of Mount Rainier. No, he was training on like the local peaks around Boulder because he was going to go over to Washington to do Mount Rainier. So even though, you know, he was fine on the peaks around Boulder and they're taller than Mount Rainier, he was talking, that he, for some reason, when he went around Mount, Mount Rainier, Rainier is, if I'm correct, tallest mountain in the like mainland United States, isn't it? I think it's, no, it's, uh, I'm going to say Mount McKinley, right? But uh, McKinley's in Alaska. Uh, yeah, it's in Alaska. Like but like, but it's not called together. McKinley anymore. It's like Denali. Mount, Denali, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, sorry, I'm, I always said McKinley because I couldn't remember how to yeah. pronounce Denali. It's like, I don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> but he talked about how he um, developed high altitude sickness on Rainier and stuff. But even yeah. though he was used to the higher peaks of Boulder and then he would just went into like, t- like all the, types of funds and stuff and like how all right serious type three fun there it's yeah really cool talk, man. yeah type three fun yeah suffering <laughs> yeah like i have you ever like that's a question i'll ask you what's the highest you know you've ever been but for me it's like maybe i don't know two and a half thousand meters like have you did you i haven't experience? like done mountaineering yet for me it's just most been climbing yeah. sport climbing track climbing uh maybe at lover's leap i don't know how like tall that was have you but, experienced like, you know altitude sickness? no like, i haven't did I, you I haven't notice altitude at all no excuse me did you experience any you know like even at 2200 meters like any change not really no like i felt fine maybe i don't know but like do you know what again it like affects everybody it depends. differently it, yeah it? it affects everyone differently and like whatever i was fine maybe someone could have like maybe uh so we we did um this fucking insane Via Ferrata in the Innsbruck uh-huh. region. And I think we went up to like, you know, a little over 2,000 meters. But again, like, you know, there's probably people who've done Mount Block and and they're looking at me with my 2,000 meters, but like, whatever. But like, you know, I didn't notice anything. Yeah. Like, but I, like I would like to do that type of mountaineering, like once I'm done with this chapter of my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, th- I would, co- I think the highest I've ever been is about, I can, it's between 2,500 and 3,000. Yeah. And, at that alt that was in the Alps, like, and at that altitude, I remember, you know, and I do. The only reason I did ask was because, like, I so many people I've asked have told me so many different things. Because obviously, it's one of those things. There's no r- set rule. It, everyone's affected differently. But we were up, you know, the highest we were, you know, in that trip, and I was sitting there, and I have asthma, like, so I just thought, you know, like my chest would get a wee bit tight, mm-hmm. you know, from exercise and stuff. Nothing, like, it was nothing to worry about. It didn't affect me in any way. But then one of my other mates turned around and goes, does anyone else feel a bit, you know, more out of breath than they would be? And I was like, yeah, I do, to be fair. And then we were like, oh, it must just be, you know, the altitude. But it didn't stop us doing anything, didn't give us a sore head. It, like, yeah. you know, unless you thought about it, you wouldn't even Maybe notice. Maybe if you went up, like, a little bit higher. Oh, yeah, you'd yeah, be, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's but like, don't they say it grows, like, exponentially? Like Yeah, that's what they do. It's in. like, you go up higher, then sleep lower, then go up higher, yeah. sleep lower, and acclimatize. Because that's the thing as well. People don't really realize about climbing um like more like the mountaineering aspect of it is people think oh you go to climb everest you just go to base camp and then you just go straight up well there's problems my understanding is there's problems with like you have tour companies that will like oh, as long man. as you can just pay them money oh yeah you can, it's like, so commercialized and i was again this goes back to like the, the gems guys in limerick uh, a, you know professional doctor came in who had done everest and he talked about it of like you know his experience, his training for it, his experience of it, and like, you know, the logistics of it and stuff. And then, like, it was really interesting how he, he talked as a medical professional doing Everest, seeing, you know, 
like maybe other people getting high altitude sickness and things like that and noticing like what happens to the body but um it's just ridiculous what it's become like like i'm sure you've seen like the cues of people yeah like, it's mad like, on top of Everest, and like people just dropping dead because yeah. you know you have a human traffic jam but also it's like people would train for years and again like am i talking out my ass like i'm not at that level of mountaineering yet i'd like to be but look later on in my life um, but, like, people would train for years, right? And then now all of a sudden, as long as you can cough up the money, the 70-odd thousand dollars yeah. or euros or pounds or whatever, like, you can just, like, literally go. Yeah, it that's is. That's what it's, it's kind of become. And I think that's maybe why, you know, among the sort of mountaineering community, Everest has sort of become not the sort of main goal. You know, like, I would say among a lot of climbers, you know, K2 seems to be, you know, where it's at. And, like, for anyone that doesn't really know, like, K2 is the second tallest mountain in the world. I think it's but about, it's more dangerous yeah, than Everest. Yeah, oh, it's like one in four people die climbing it. Um, and it's and actually, I think uh, three, four people just went missing yes, within the past day on I, K2. Um, K2 was the first, last month, the first ever successful summit of it in winter. Um, Keep in mind, global warming is Oh, eight. yeah. yeah <laughs> Sorry, no, that's I a terrible know you're joke. Right, not, like, but no, you're but like, right. But, like, I yeah, mean, it's yeah. gnarly what they did. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was just no, a bad joke. No, you're right. Like, um, <laughs> you know, changes from being minus 70 from minus 90. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what is the yeah. difference? But it is like, um, you know, like it was four Sherpas or something at the top. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not commercialized at all. It's far too dangerous. It's far too remote for any of that. And, but you know, look, some dickhead somewhere. Oh, we'll try. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, it's I mean, the same with anything. Like that, I, I, do. I really should look into it. And again, it's like people are going to look back on this podcast and it's like, David, you, you talk some amount of shit. <laughs> and again, I'm pulling something we out of my do, ass. Mate, but I apparently, like you know, depending on how much money you have or whatever, they have like fucking like the yoga studio at Everest or whatever. I don't know. Jeez. Maybe I really should look into that before I say do it. You know but the thing, what? like, it's the thing of what annoys me about Everest is. You know, when Sir Edmund Hillary and stuff climbed Everest and, you know, Tenzing Norgay and stuff, it was just them. They carried basically everything. You know, they had a couple of Sherpas and stuff, but they basically carried all their stuff, all mm-hmm. their tents and everything. Whereas now, if you go on a commercial expedition, as far as I'm led to believe, and, you know, it's the same as you, I could be talking out my arse like, but as far as I'm led to believe is every, you barely carry anything. You know, everything is carried by a massive team of Sherpas. Yeah. You get to base camp, your tent and all by the you know, whoever it is you're paying to take you up is already set up. Like, the Sherpas are the ones that go up and set the camps. Yeah. You know, yeah. whereas if you were a true climber, you'd go up, set the camps, come back down, you know, and but then they're all there. This, you in one way, anything. you know, there's an intersectional issue of local economies here. Yeah. I mean, Nepal is dependent on, you know, the fees. And what is it? Is it like 10 grand? Either climb, like the, the fee. The, I know it's like, I think it's like 10 grand. Yeah, it you is. Need, it like, is it. Uh, you have to pay a fee yeah. to be allowed to Everest. But like, you know, it's it's local economy. It's what supports it really. And yeah. it's probably like their major it's like, source do you, of income. Do you throw away the kind of commercialization of Everest to ruin the livelihoods of thousands of people? Do you know what I mean? It is, as you say. Yeah. It's a hard, like you can't blame And that's the, something the we can't dissect here. No, no, it's not like, at no. all. Like I'm not an economist or I'm not like... It's the same Whatever. with so many things, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like so much, so much. It's the same with the Morns, right? You take the Morns, for example. The Morns, you know, there's a lot of complaints and stuff. I don't know. Are you on that Facebook page, climbing in the Morn Mountains or something? No. Um, I don't know why I joined it, like, but <laughs> all it is is like people complaining about everything. Like the one that got me was last week. 
um, or a couple of weeks ago when we had the really bad like ice and stuff, this guy had took a photo of like loads of people trying to go up Donard, and it was just before the saddle, and it was all like you know the way there's a river's flow down the paths and stuff. So yeah, yeah. The path was all frozen, so everybody was walking and like the heather and stuff and the you know that sort of thing. And this guy was complaining, being like, "Don't come up here unless you've got the right equipment." Um, you know, all that you're ruining nature and stuff, and it kind of. Two but th- he does have a point. With, now we're oh, in no, the issue does, of like but my the issue, environmental ethics yes. of mountaineering. And then it's the crossroads of, you know, people, you know, you would complain if those people were sitting in the house, you know, eating food and getting fat. You'd be like, right, why don't you go out and do something? But then they go to the mountains to do that. And from their perspective, they're like, oh, well, I've came here. You've turned around and basically told me to fuck off again. And I, you know, I would agree with but the like, guy. People like, do wear down mountains. Yeah, like, have you ever do, climbed yeah. in El Charo? No. Like some routes, like all the lower grade routes, again, my experience were like a slip and slide. Um, yeah. You go to like like the vegetation where you be laying stuff is just completely destroyed, exposed tree roots. So on like some level, like climbing, rock climbing or mountaineering, the people like you and I that are involved with it, on some level, I don't know whether you can say it's complacent, uh, complacency or culpability in it, but there is a level of environmental destruction associated yeah. with this. Of course. So how is. do you manage that? Yeah. I'd, um, I, uh, do you know what? It's a hard question. And like, I'd go back to like, you know, the guy with the, he- uh, sorry, the guy complaining on the Facebook page. Like I, again, it's open up to debate, but I do believe there's a valid point there Um, between like, like local header vegetation is destroyed by people just kind of walking willy nilly. So my, just, I would say like, you know, just increase, like, you know, disseminate, no, wait, just, education really yeah. maybe and it's like you know if, if if it's not okay for you to go out and do this look just skip it that day just yeah. skip it that day but then i think you know we were talking about the commercialization of everest and stuff i think a thing that gets me as well is you know let's say i got the morns and whatever route i was planning to take is just full of people mm-hmm. like everyone like every man and his dog is out and i'm like you know what this isn't what i came here for there's people up here who don't know what they're doing who are just getting in like the way of everyone everyone's and just that's getting in everybody's back, that way. goes back to everest um, yeah i can't remember the british mountaineer look i'm terrible for remembering names so <laughs> i made a very good point of like and it's it's a really good video i think i'm um, it's associated with the guardian or whatever but he picks out he takes out a photo of like someone going up like one of the ropes uh jummering up the ropes and like the person has like items on their harness that doesn't that shouldn't be there for someone climbing everest the crampons are on the wrong feet the bag is open and there's shit falling out and he's just like well, you know whatever it's almost but like if you die in that but situation then it's like, like you know what do you uh, expect like how many people shouldn't be allowed or just i saw oh, do you know i don't what? even know where i'm going with this i saw a thing the I other hope day you get what I'm yes to say. no 100 percent, and that's why this came into my head the other day right somebody i remember seeing a video on facebook so it was whenever um it was snowy and before they brought in the new like 10 kilometer rule for exercise yeah yeah and everyone was up the morns like so was i like i'm yeah. not gonna lie but yeah yeah same every, was up everyone was up the morns because there's nothing else to do but like do, but in there the was snow this, and the ice yeah. the people the they people don't understand how, in like just leggings yeah and that trainers was and whatever and it's like i'm sorry i'm there like these people s- went up and got I saw a video and they were... Oh, the, the, the young girls getting yeah, rescued. Yeah, top of Donard. The complete and utter fuckery uh, of that. Like, the thing that got... There was so much came into my head about that that annoyed me. It was like, one, you just follow the wall up. Yeah, you so just follow you it down. Follow you it just down. run down. You will be down Two, in like 15 minutes if you If you're ran. struggling up there, really, really, you know, 
you know, near hypothermia as they sort of claimed they were and were in such distress, the last thing you would do is bring your phone out and video it. You know what I mean? But, like, but, uh, we, like, it just uh, I don't know what it is, so uh, what generation levels. you consider or whatever, but like, what did they call it? Generation Z or whatever? I don't know. But it's like That's like... Maybe they are Generation no, Z. Apparently yeah. I'm a millennial. I don't know. I'm a millennial. When I was growing up, I was like Generation Bebo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in MySpace. <laughs> Fucking hell. MSN. But um, now it's like, you know, just people just putting every Everything, aspect of their yeah. life up online. And, and it's, it, it's just weird, man. It is weird. And I saw a thing, you know, the other day that it kind of, that's the thing. It kind of, people that constantly put stuff up on Facebook and Instagram for climbing mountains, I think you're climbing them for the wrong reasons. Like, don't get me wrong. Here's the thing. It's like, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, this is ahead. like kind of something that came into my head. Like, you know, I feel like it's not about climbing. It's about like trying to become a social media yeah, it's like oh, star. Look at I don't me, know, I, I don't care, but it's like yeah. the amount of baseless content on like even Instagram of people who say they're content creators for climbing, and it's just the fuckery of it, dude. And it's just and like it's give, just give, it give adds us an example. nothing. No, I don't want to say because people are like, <laughs> oh, you can't say that about that person, because <laughs> that's where we're at now. But it's like yeah, you know, yeah, there are yeah. things that aren't okay, and it's like, oh, just there's I, things yeah. I want to say, but like. But it's the same. I, I, like, and there's there's like five examples I could easily give of like, but and it's just obnoxious. All they are, all it is is just complete and absolute obnoxious bullshit of being a content creator and just adding nothing of value to the community or the culture of it. It's just yeah, baseless bullshit. It's like I, you know, a lot of people I know. Who but it's, and it's not just climbing. It's like it's so everything. many it sports. It could be any. Yeah, like it could be. You know. Um, like, I've seen so many people... Like, it's people, right? I'll give you a perfect example. People... Like, I know a guy who... Oh, I I don't even know how to describe this guy, right? But he's just one of those people that... He needs constant, like... You know, valuation for everything he does. Yeah. And everything he does is on... He puts up on Instagram. So, like... He could be painting his garage... And he'll video it and put it on Instagram... And be like... Oh, look at me. I videoed my garage today. Or... You know, or I painted my garage today. Wow! Oh, look at me! I'm watching a new series on Netflix. Wow! It's like I no one cares, and it's just people want constant validation. But it's and just it's like, was this weird validation, and does this not go back to climbing, where th- we talked about earlier of you know it's the accomplishment in itself. But it's accomplishment in itself for you. Like, yeah. If I like, I get if I climb something, or I you know do a long hike, or you know scale a mountain that you know, for example, if I climb Mont Blanc, right. You know, I'm planning in the pipeline, you know, the next sort of two years or whatever to yeah. climb Mont Blanc. And if I climb Mont Blanc, I would be climbing it for validation, but validation from myself. You know, I think there's a key difference, like, rather than validation from other people. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, and I think, you know, mountaineering and hiking and all that sort of stuff and climbing is a very solo sport and, the, yeah. and solo activity in the sense that you should just be doing it, you know, for your own purpose. Like, like saying that I've definitely put up Instagram Oh, yeah, no, there's climbing. nothing wrong. Yeah, Don't get yeah. me wrong. There's nothing wrong, and I have too, and, like, <clears> there's <throat> nothing wrong with posting stuff and showing people what you're up to. That's fine. I have no issue with that. The issue but is when, when you're doing it validation and simply you're just to get validation. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I went up, you know, let's say I went up a mountain and, you know, like, for example, my mate, uh, when we went up, like, we went up the, the coach road and stuff, and it was the hardest thing they'd ever did, and obviously they were like, oh, this is so cool. It's in the snow. I want a photo for my Instagram. But it was, I want a photo for my Instagram because this looks cool. It wasn't, I want a photo for my Instagram so as everybody can see what I've done. 
You yeah. know what I mean? There's a key difference there. And like one of like you know my other mates went up and he he did a video, um, you know about being up on a mountain and stuff, and he put it on his page because he's like a PT, mm-hmm. and it was obviously to show people, you know get out there get active you can get views and stuff like this and you can have a great time Mm -hmm. that's fine the issue is when people literally just go up with the sole intent to get a photo to show people that they've done it you know what i mean that's the problem that's when i have a real real issues do you want to hear two stories in fact two stories that are now one story because this was like literally like 20 minutes after the first instance so you know new year's day i went like some some of the guys and we 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 do like you know berna and then mealmore yeah yeah. down from mealmore right and there's like a half hour of daylight left it's like so it's like white out on top right but you know it's different when you have the gear for it you're like still fine and toasty and we're coming down meal more and like this guy and this girl come up in just like track suits and like a bottle <laughs> of water and like fuck you see like my um sweatpants now the yeah. way it's like the trend of the exposed yeah, ankles yeah, so yeah. exposed ankles trainers like socks whatever and uh this is like the dumbest fucking shit. <laughs> it's like, where's the critical thing yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. But we were coming down and we just kind of said, look guys, there's about a half hour of daylight left. You're best not to go up. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you're just better off to tell someone, look, fuck cool. off. Oh, and yeah, like, whatever. Cool. And sure, you yeah. want, like, uh, just a girl just kind of said, um, but I just wanted to go up for like the views. And it's like, we're sorry, it's a complete another whiteout up there. Yeah. There are no views. You're not going to see anything. And yeah. they still like went on anyway. And it's like, oh, look, fucking whatever. And then like 20 minutes later, Another group of like three people come up again, like track suits, yeah, just a bottle of water in hand, like trainers, like exposed ankles and stuff. And like, keep in mind, like at times it's like knee deep snow. So I think we actually just told them, look, guys, turn the f- turn the fuck back yeah. around. Like, you there's like less than twenty yeah. minutes of daylight. Like, left. why? Go- yeah, and it's just like, where's the critical thinking there? Yeah, where is it? None. And like, that's the thing. You know, it doesn't take a lot of, you know, critical thinking. And if you want, like, you know, if you want to, I am in no position to stop you from doing it. Yeah, but like that doesn't stop me from looking at you and laughing. You know what I mean? Like no laughing, but you just don't want to see anything. Happen not laugh, yeah, not yeah, laughing yeah, in terms that's, of that's a bit fun, cruel now. I mean laughing, you know, <laughs> laughing in terms of like the absurdity of it. Like yeah, you just like, yeah, oh. yeah. like it's one. You know, if someone but, um, walked out in front of your car without looking and you just kind of laugh, you're like, what are you even doing? Let's you know actually go mean? back to like the whole Everest thing. You know, sometimes you got to realize it's it's okay to like make the decision to just leave it. And of course turn it is. Of course yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, like you know, I think the perfect example was that you know the 2015. I think 2016 Everest film, which I think follows, you know, obviously it's a dramatic dramatic dramatization, but like it basically follows. I think it was Everest disaster in 1990 or something, mm-hmm. where basically there was a massive like storm came in and you know all sorts and loads of people died and you know there's a few scenes in that where wait is that the film with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes, Gyllenhaal? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a few scenes in that where you know the guy turns around and I think the main um the main character in it who dies who's the main mountain guide i forget his name he's he was in terminator genesis and stuff but he's basically this guy's coming up and he's like right um we're gonna have to turn around and the guy this was like a second third attempt at trying and he needed to get to the top because he was doing it for charity or something some kids charity and your man turns around and goes look if we go to the top you know it's far too dangerous. There's a storm coming in. There's no daylight left. And he was like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. So your man just gave in. Both of them went to the top. They got the photo at the top. And then, you know, as your man had predicted, they both died um, on the way down. And, you know, whether that actually happened or not, I don't know if that's exactly what happened because movies have a tendency to, you know, dramatize things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the basic principle is there. And it's like, 
it's the same with anything. It's if you think you can't do something, you know, and it's going to be dangerous to the point that you're going to, you know, inflict more harm than good. You need to be able to just go, oh, no, you know what? I can't. And it's people climbing the morns and stuff a lot of the time think, oh, they're just because they're like in Northern Ireland, they're like, oh, they're nothing. They're nothing major. We'll be fine. And, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, rarely does somebody die in the Mourn Mountains. And nine times out of ten, you will be fine. But there does come the odd, you know, case when you we'll kind of... go back to those girls if Mourn's Mountain Rescue hadn't come. Yeah. Oh, they'd have been... Dead. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I remember Stephen Nolan um, years ago went up the Mourn Mountains with barely any daylight. Got lost. Who's Stephen Nolan again? He's a presenter, BBC... He has his own show, The Nolan Show. Oh, And then he does BBC Ulster and BBC Radio 5 Live. But he went up and, you know, no equipment, nothing. And he even said himself, you know, um, he said himself, he was like, look, you know, I don't know what I was doing. And, you know, I've been up a few times when it's got, like, through Duke of Ed and stuff, we'd learned how to use, you know, compasses and bearings and all that sort of stuff and read a map and all. And, you know, I would go up, you know, like my mates and stuff. And I remember went up and... You know, they were, like, talking, you know, just trying to figure out what the crack was. And they were like, oh, how would you use a compass in a situation like this? And then, like, out of nowhere, like, um, fog came in. And I was like, now I know where I'm going. We know where we're going. Because, you know, it's, it was, like, a Donard situation where you just follow the wall. Yeah. But I was like, if this wasn't that sort of situation, how would you know where you're going? Because that's the thing. You bring, you know, fog, you know what it's like in a mountain and stuff. Anything like that. Fog can just come in out of nowhere. And blanket the place until you can't see more than three inches, you know, three feet in front of your face. And I was like, that's when you need a compass. That's when you need to know how to do those things. And it's like, if you were to go up, you know, in the morns when the weather on that day is going to be perfect and you know it's going to be perfect, then yeah, you know, you'll be fine. You don't need any of that stuff. But if the weather, you know, there's a high chance of fog or poor visibility, you know, it's wise to think, right, I don't know how to use a compass, know how to use any of this. The route I'm doing is very off track i've never done it before maybe i shouldn't do it do you know what i mean mm-hmm. but a lot of people just would think oh it's just the morns i'll be fine and you know just because nine times out of ten you will be you know you don't want to take that risk for that one out of ten chance that that's not what happens do you know what i mean yeah and i just think you know that's a crucial thing that people need like it's same with doing anything need to remember you know it's like yeah even though 99 times out of 100 you'll be okay you want to make sure that that one out of a hundred times you'll also be okay you know what i mean yeah, you don't so want to get caught out i just had a bit of a flashback to uh so i was sport climbing in divert on gorge at mile nerfy uh good friend of mine and there's this big massive multi-pitch you can do it's really beautiful but uh we were there explain for people that don't understand explain what you mean by a multi-pitch so you know your rope is like 60 70 meters yeah whereas the whole length of the route is like 150 meters yeah so you do it in stages yeah so it's like three so you climb up detach from the rope you're on no no you don't you, you don't detach not from the deta- rope at all. but like you set up yeah. like a station and then you yeah, bring yeah. up your partner and then your partner will be lay you up while you climb to the next station and you bring your partner up and you know it's like just three hours of type two fun yeah type one fun at times depending on type how bad two it goes. because you're shitting yourself or there was one moment like where we shot ourselves on it because like again we go back to like you know the whole inv- like thing about environmental destruction when we're climbing. So many people climb these things that people wear down mountains, people wear yeah. down routes. So especially if and you're it's on like a, it can be like stuff. a not not even that, just like just even cl- enough people in their rubber shoes. Yeah, 
and their chalky hands climbing will wear yeah. down mountains. So, um, and actually, while we were climbing it, a French uh, man and his son were be- were abseiling down on the route beside us down to do that. And he was just there talking to me while he was waiting for his son to come down and I was belaying my mate. And he said, like, and like the Verdun Gorge, the Verdun Gorge is huge and beautiful. And I'd recommend, like, people to... And where is there. it? Excuse me? Where is it? Yeah, uh, so... East France. East France. Yeah, and uh, it's where like apparently sport climbing came from. But he said like he's been climbing there for like twenty years, and he knows it's like different from when he first started climbing yeah. it to now. That's and mad how just shoes. And then if it like rains, it's like a slip and slide. And yeah. we were like on the last pitch, and it started to rain. And Niall's like the most chill guy I've ever met. But it was the only time I ever heard like, um concern in his voice because if it did get bad enough we would have actually been stuck there because yeah. we would have been able to climb out and we just didn't have the gear on us for like whatever but then like you know we eventually made it out while the drizzle was there and just bury your head in wild lavender just take on <laughs> a few steps but like but then like two days later we were there like just doing some single pitches by there and it's pretty nuts like with the Verdun Gorge you know lar- like second largest canyon in the world after the Grand Canyon and you actually start off at the top and lower down into it. So, you know, with like, let's just say you do a traditional multi-pitch, you start at the bottom and you go up. Yeah. And you mentally build up that exposure or you acclimatize that exposure. But I was like, your, f- your fire here's the, here's the yeah. exposure immediately. And, you know, you kind of are shitting a brick. I was shitting a brick <laughs> anyway. But um, these uh, Catalanian guys were um, doing the same route we did. And while they were abseiling down, it rained quite badly. Like, so badly. So... Uh, we didn't find us out later, but we were walking back because we didn't rent a car, so we walked like 10 kilometers every day because we're fucking idiots. Um, and then they pulled over and picked us up and we were there talking. I was like, oh yeah, we went to do this route and then like it rained and we just decided to call it off because like, seriously, fuck yourself up if yeah. you just slipped and whatever. So they walked t- the 22 kilometers back out of the start of the gorge and along the roads back to their van. 22k like yeah jeez and the uh, piss and rain as well uh like the rain stops and it dries up fairly quickly but you know they like, like you don't know that at the time yeah and like you're just better off to stay to play like, it safe with all and, the like, with all the ropes and all and stuff as yeah well. all the ropes and like, like i don't i think they may they they had bags on them so i'm hoping they had their approaches in the bags but like jeez you know that is a long way but like, look they were la- like they so we were yeah, walking back alive, along yeah. back to the campsite because again we just didn't like rent a car and they pulled over and it's like, hey guys, hop in. And But they were, la- they were kind of like laughing about it anyway. And they said, yeah. look, another day, but, you know. Rather take the 22K walk back than, you know, risk. Just fucking yourself yeah. up. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that, geez, that is mental. Like, um, I think, in ter- okay, so in terms, because this has been in my, my head, because you've been going through all these stories and stuff and sort of, you know, they've been getting, you know, eerie and sort of scurry and stuff. What would you say... Maybe not you personally, or maybe it is you personally, but what do you think is the worst, you know, or scariest you've story you've either, or like, you know, you've either experienced yourself while climbing or, you know, somebody you know has experienced in a climbing situation? Or would they well, be the two, sort of? For as long as I've been climbing, like, you know, I'm climbing, I'm not high-level mountaineering. I want to get there eventually, but not at the moment. But I don't think I've had, like, anything major. It's just when, you know my friend and I were on that route and like yeah. it's like last pitch and it starts to rain and he just... And how high like up are you? About 200 metres? 
Oh, 150 meters. 150 meters. Do you know what? All I remember is at least taller than the Cliffs of Moor. Yeah, that is tall height. <laughs> like, and that's the thing. People, like, 150 but meters like, is tall. Like, it, and, yeah, that's what you don't realize. Up, it it's is like, very high. Like, But fuck, even, like, you know, a 30-meter route in El Choro, it's like you don't... And, I'd less, and, like, I'm bad for, like, you know, kind of, like, gauging distances and all that stuff. So it's like, you know, when I first saw, like, you know, a 30-meter route in El Choro, it was like, this is nuts. Yeah. This is like intense. But um, just for me, the scariest thing so far was just like, all right, it's actually drizzling. It c- if it rains quite badly, we're actually stuck here on the side yeah. of the gorge and there's nothing we can do. We don't have any waterproof clothing in our bag. We we have run out of water an hour ago. We're both like actually kind of on the verge of dehydration. Yeah. Now we had like a stash of water at the top. Yeah, but you had to get but there like, first. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it's just yeah. like, yeah. As I said, like, you know, once you get to the top and you're in this, like, it's a French countryside, loads of wild lavender, just bury your face in it yeah. and take yourself down. But um, the scariest thing was um, one of the medical students in University of Limerick, uh, Sasha, she was pretty cool. She did Mount Denali. Wait, what's it again? Denali. Denali, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just sh- shitbag for names. It's uh, but she you go did on, it sorry. when she was 18, right? 18? And she, um, wow. yeah, just because Denali. I actually what? love how like Americans are just so outgoing and stuff. Denali's um, what 5,500 meters or something, maybe but, 6, meters. You know, she meters? got like high altitude sickness on it. Jeez. And like, and, what did d- she and say here's the thing: that? there was like two doctors in the group, right? Yeah. And she, and like, it was a really interesting talk of like, you know, this is my experience of it, and like. She didn't realize that at the time, but she was dying, and she was there to, like take. She took a photo of herself because her like lips were blue and stuff, yeah. and swollen, and she didn't. And like she said, I didn't realize that at the time, but like any longer, I would have died. So yeah. there was two doctors on 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 the group there with. One was like for geriatrics, one was a pediatrician, and they both argued with each other like that doctor ego. Yeah, yeah. Of like, no, we're fine and whatever. And it's like let's go on, let's go on, and it was only for another group was coming back down, and the guide of that group just said, "You're going to die. You're coming back down with me, and I don't care what anyone else thinks." And, like, he just, like, pulled her out of the group and took her back down. Jeez. And it's like, you know, if she had stayed on longer, she would have died. Yeah. That's scary. Like, what... Um, and, like, but the, and you know what the problem was? That was people's ego getting in the yeah. way of, like... And, you know, if, like, you know, if there's... Again, it's, like, any slight discomfort or whatever. Maybe, like, we go, we go back to, like, you know... We, we I talked with guys who walked 22 kilometers because they called it off just to go rock climbing. But, like, at the high-level mountaineering... You yeah. know, you've just got to make the call, I guess. And I think it's, you know, one of those situations as well is that, you know, as I said about that guy earlier on with that children's charity and stuff yeah. going up Everest is you've planned and trained so long to get there. It's like, I can't give up. You know what I but mean that way? But you do I have to, to like, tell yourself, you know what? You know, no. there was a British mountaineer it's a, and it's a very good video of him like breaking down the whole thing of, and it, uh, actually it's two British mountaineers. Uh, it's a very good video of them like breaking down their thoughts on you know the whole problem of Everest and stuff and it's like is it this because of commercialization or things like that but like he even made a point of you know what there's nothing wrong with turning back yeah no of course and again like how many people have died how many people have died because they are queuing yeah. That's essentially what it is. Yeah, just standing uh, not there. Not that you're on Everest. Cold, yeah. you're, 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 you're dying because you were just in a queue. Running out of oxygen, freezing yeah. to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Like, the thing, I remember watching a video on Everest once, um, like someone had a GoPro, and it was, I think it was just before the Hillary step. And if anybody, you know, basically coming up to the Hillary step, which, you know, apparently it's not there anymore. Like, but uh, did you know that? 
Apparently the Dude, avalanche or something. Yeah, apparently the there was like an earthquake in 2018 or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's not there anymore; it's gone. But basically, the Hillary step for anyone that doesn't know was this like sort of 12 meter or either 12 meter, or 12 feet. I think it was 12 meter, like rock basically that you had to climb over right before the summit of Everest. And if you climbed it, you know it was basically like an easy like 20 minute walk to the summit. And that's basically where a lot of the queuing was because you could only have one person up, one person down but, at a time. But it, I watched a video of people queuing on it, and it was just it stretched for like what seemed like miles. But here's the this like mountaineer he made a point of, you know, people are tired, so they just sit down on the rope. Whereas he made a point of if they had just went over to the side and just sat down, they can be, still be tethered into the rope yeah. that people are jumbering up. If they just went to the side, it would allow people to pass down. And yeah. that's that, and that was like one of the things of. You know, inexperienced, on not uh, inexperienced, ill knowledgeable people doing this. So we go back to like you know, not only like do you build up your physical fitness, what we talked about earlier. Do you, you have to build but up the thing? Your competency with yeah. it. Yeah, your, your and you it's know, a fact you're allowed. Like yeah, there's a lot of things you know. People complain about you know this is virgin into like politics and philosophy, but I think it's an interesting point. Like, oh, there's so many intersectional yeah. issues in like. But people talk about paternalism. Down. You know, like in terms of. You know, and Do people talk about what? Sorry, paternalism, like in terms of the government, you know, telling you what you can and can't do, as yeah. in a sense of you can't do this because it's for your own good type thing, and like, you know, it's one of those things where there's a lot of things in life the government tell you you can't do and make it illegal for you to do because of you know it's not for your own good. Obviously, there's other societal issues, but you know, things like class A drugs, the government tell you, you know what, you can't smoke that or you can't, you know, inject yourself with that because. It's not for your own good. It's not in your own good. It's not in your best interest. We know what's better for you. You can't do it. But when it comes to climbing, and you know, seatbelts to a degree, you know, obviously, you know, the government mandates you wear a seatbelt to protect others. Do you ever you look know. at a reeling in the years? It's a show on RT no. about like, you know, things from whatever, but they had like, and they kind of like show, oh, this is what we were showing on TV yeah. back in this year or this decade. And one of it was like in the 70s and it was like when they made seatbelts mandatory to yeah. wear in the Republic. And it's like, you know, and they're having like RTE News in the seventies is having interviews with people with motorists of like, and someone are like, "Oh, this is bullshit! You can't make me wear a seatbelt and stuff." <laughs> and it's like, look, we're at now. We have yeah. like a terrible like road, uh, road safety record and stuff, and just but it's that, smashed. It is that thing, you know. Like, yeah. But in terms of you know climbing Everest, it's like obviously as you said earlier, it's to do with the economics of you know feeding, basically giving people a livelihood. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, it's one of those ones where the Nepalese government, you know. Maybe it's not on them. Maybe it's on, you know... It's uh, We can't dissect this here. The countries of... You know, let's say, for example, if I was, you know... But, like, the individual ethics as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, like if you're if you're a mountaineer, if you're, like... If you're, like, let's just say you're, you're a proper guide, hardcore mountaineer, yeah, it's like, and all right, you're bringing I know not to do this. You think can't do it. You know, that's on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I... If I was a mountain, if I was a guy, you know, an Everest guide or whatever, or a guide for any mountain, because you can get guides for climbing Mont Blanc and stuff... If I, like, if I was wanting to climb Mont Blanc and I turn around to a guide and I was like, right, will you take me and my five mates up? And he turned around and goes, okay, and looked at us all, and none of us had done any training, none of us had done any rope work before, none of us had, you know, been at altitude before. That's that guy being a complete and total shit. Yeah, of course it is. If yeah, he yeah, t- yeah. if he agrees to take me up, you're like, you're a wanker. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, but you know what I mean? That, it's that's exactly what it is. And it's like, you know, when we went up, um, but here's the thing: would you? What's a better situation? I'm just putting it out there. Um, cause, um, so going up a 
an ex- an experienced co- person going up with a guide or an inexperienced people going up by themselves just a yeah a very good mate uh, yeah, of mine he was yeah, like you know do mount point. block i take like two years ago three years ago and like you know he's you know coming out near an instructor and stuff he's such an early dude like uh mihal but when he was at mount block uh him and his mate came across people who just weren't yeah who just weren't capable who just yeah, didn't yeah. have knowledge or skill set to do it and I think I, I I don't know the full story, so sorry, Mihal, if I'm just like spit shit here. <laughs> but I mean, he kind of more or less had like jumped in and just made sure they were okay, yeah, which is yeah. like a like, yeah, you know yeah. good thing to do because you don't want to see anyone like just no, fuck themselves not, up. Yeah. But like you know, and it's one of those yeah. you know. I suppose if you are that mountain guide and you're thinking right, um, if I don't bring you, you'll go on your own. You know, it's better for me to bring you up than you. But did. how much of a clueless shitbag do yeah. you have to be to it's like, hmm, I don't know anything at all, but I'm still going to proceed with this. But people do it. People, you know. But like people, yeah, but people have like this whole thing in them. I was like, no, you, someone, no one else can tell me what to do and just yeah. all that, it's all that bullshit we're living in now. It's the same with the morns. So it's the same with those girls up the morns. Like, they've definitely just went, oh, we'll just go up. Have you ever done it before? No. It, what's the weather? Like, oh, not great, but we'll be fine. We'll go up in our trainers. You know what I mean? And they go up and, you know, like to be fair, a lot of my mates and stuff will have went up, you know, they yeah. didn't have boots, so go up in their trainers and stuff, but they're like, they know and they appreciate what's going to happen, you know what I mean? They're yeah, like, yeah. oh, like, I know my feet are going to get wet, but I've done it before, I'll be okay, you know, if there's any bit I can't do, I'll not do it, you know what I mean, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, And if their feet get wet, their feet get wet, and to be fair, most of the time, you know, I've went up, it's been summer where, you know, your feet aren't going to get cold, so it's fine. And, like, I would never take anybody up a route I didn't think they could do in trainers, you know what I mean, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But, like, even my mates, you know, even the ones that were trainers and stuff would not, you know, do certain routes and stuff unless they were with someone who knew, who'd done the route before. Do you know what I mean? Like, they even have that sort of self of, right, you know, idea in their head that, right, I don't really know fully what I'm doing. And it's the same with me. I don't know fully what I'm doing, you know. I haven't done every route in the mornings. And, you know, we were talking about going up Cove Cave and stuff. And have you ever done Cove Cave? Cove Cave. Um, uh, it's like the really you go, um, you walk up from you know Carrick Little Car Park. Yeah. Turn right. Is this per- the Percy Bush Caves? Yes. You like round past Lamagan. Um, you come up Lamagan's on your right, and before you like you turn right, you know before the wee lock, like the wee lagoon. Blue lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah blue yeah. lock. You turn right and go round that well, way, and they're like caves on your left hand side. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I did. Uh, so I'm trying to aim for like an, I said it's like oh I aim for an E2, but again I go back to I'm doing sweet fuck off yeah. climbing training, but it's like you know I did a HVS five B there, so I'm like delighted with that. But then on the UKC uh, online logbook, you just see someone treating it as a bouldering problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The same way everybody, though. Do you know what I mean? Like every, no matter what you do, there's always some mad, mad boy out there like who's done something. You know. Yeah. It's the same like when we went up the coach road. There were boys at the top, like who were walking across, and they were seeing us coming up, and they were like, you know, wow, you guys are mad. And I was like, obviously, like to me and like my mates, we were like, it's not that bad. But then, you know, there's people the level above us who would you know do something slightly harder there's people you know your level who are a lot more experienced than i am and then, yeah yeah you know there's people who are climbing k2 in the winter you know what i mean like there's <laughs> there's levels to, and then there's alex honnold do you know what i mean doing that like there's no matter what you know there's always somebody out there who is madder than what you so are what, do you know just what I mean? kind of like seated uh, well kind of reawakened a memory that i had um so just like a bit of background to like whoever's listening to this. So I like worked for like some bullshit American yeah, company yeah. and they sent me to the San Franciscan Bay Area for two months. And so I went to like the climbing gyms there and they're like pretty nuts. But I remember this one guy. It's not a cast, but it's like a big like plastic yeah. thing you can put around. 
um, your foot, so essentially like a big plastic cast. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, like I'm not that expert, but he like covered, he was in the gym climbing. So obviously he was climbing on a fucked up leg, which is just whatever. Yeah, what's wrong? Really? But like, you know, <laughs> he put like rubber on the bottom of it and stuff so he could climb, but I'm just like, yeah, what's what's going on? But like, uh, look, America. I'm going to say something very controversial, but Americans are fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, I think they're nuts in a good way, but like, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's a case of, dude, you just need to chill the fuck out. And uh, especially Californians and stuff. I think like they're a lot. They're so liberal in terms of everything, like not just like politic politics and stuff, but in terms of like, you know, just what they do and get up to. It's like, oh, there's yeah. a two thousand meter cliff. Yeah, fuck it, why not? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Or like, if you know die, the. So yeah, I was in the Bay Area, but the whole like LSD microdosing thing, that is yeah, very exactly. Yeah. That is like very Oregon much a real like, thing. I think Oregon actually legalized. Well, not and legalized, but basically all like class A drugs in Oregon. If the police stop you, all like and you're in possession of them, all they can do is fine you. Well, I think they introduced I that. I think in one way they like it just seems to be worked. So you, someone gets caught for drugs, and then rather than being given a chance to rehabilitate or educate themselves it's just like you're thrown in jail you have a criminal record yeah, you can't yeah, vote yeah, yeah. Your, your employment opportunities are fucked um, again like I'm not like a socio-economic expert but my understanding is Portugal has a thing of if you're caught with drugs you have to attend like a rehabilitation program or classes or things or like that or is that Portland? excuse me? no in, in Portugal oh Portugal oh, so okay. it's like you know that seems like a more like you know positive yeah, yeah. add your tricks of, of taking drugs stuff. is bad you shouldn't do drugs but w- we're not we, going to lock government you up for are the not rest going to life. destroy yeah. you for the rest of your life for this situation of where you're at. Yeah, the yeah. So I think like that's like you know a better mindset to be in. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, and it is you know, you were like, I, okay, and you were talking about the, Americans. The, this guy like just like, okay, my leg is fucked up, but I'm still going to go to the climbing gym to climb. Where it's like, so do you know what? Sometimes you just need to chill. Yeah, you need yeah, to recover yeah, yeah. and just like relax. Like, would you say in terms of you know, what would you say, like? Would that be the maddest American sort of... When you were over there, in terms of climbers and stuff, like, who was sort of the maddest American climber you met that kind of made you think, what is actually... was? Would it be that, or was there any other sort no, of... No, like, I don't know. So, um, when I was at Lover's Leap, I was talking to some, like, pretty gnarly people. Um, and, like, I met, like, some really cool people over yeah. there. But, like, that, I think that was just, like... And that was just something, you know, I would say quite domesticated in the grand scheme of, like mountaineering and stuff so that was just very domestic a guy with like a fucked up leg but he's still going to go to the climbing gym to climb but it's just like the, that like what fucking bullshit mindset is that <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yeah that is mental like i mean it's kind of like your man you know alex honnold in that documentary and stuff he i think he fractured or not fractures he sprains his ankle oh and um, he's in the climbing gym climbing with a leg you know wrapped up and all and then whenever he's doing, I think when he actually does free solo well cap, he's like, basically his ankle's still not 100%. Really? Yeah, like, because he, I think it was like maybe the week before he did it. Um, I could be wrong, I could be talking shit, but he definitely attempted it. There was one time he attempted it and he backed out and then the year after he went for it. So it might have been the year he backed out, but he attempted it nonetheless yeah, with yeah. like his leg still not 100%. He was like, you know, it still swells up and stuff. And he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it. He's like, I've taken a briefing and all. But again, we go back to like, it's okay to call it quits. when. Yeah, oh yeah, of course right. it is, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's a perfect example. He, you know, got National Geographic out, spent millions in this documentary, had all his camera crew in position and everything, went for it, got up somewhere, and he just didn't feel right. Like, there was nothing, yeah. you know, I don't think he anything particular, like, I think he maybe lost his footing or something, but he didn't, 
he wasn't close to falling or anything and he just decided you know what not today and had to wait an entire other year and had you know obviously people making the documentary national geographic whoever but else you know being you know like what? more power to him for making that decision oh yeah of course 100 percent. if he can make that decision in that situation actually do you know what i'm terrible for like anybody having can. a thought about something that we talked about previously no he and I'm going to go back to go like, oh it. yeah, I thought like the guy yeah. in the cast was stupid. No. So I was like climbing with these people and <laughs> it, it, same gym, same night. And um, basically uh, one of the girls I was coming was like, all right, yeah, um, do you want to belay? I was like, yeah, sure. And she started climbing. Bef- and so the only way like climbing, you do like the belay check of like, yeah. oh, are you, t- are you tied in? Is your figure or weight not okay? Yeah. And stuff for the climber. And then, you know, the climber checks the belay. Like it's like, you know, you know is the rope set up right in the belay device? Everything. Yeah. Are you just, like, fucking confident? But, yeah, so I just said, yeah. Before I even went over to tie in, she started climbing up. Before I even tied in to the, like, static grigri. And it was just like, what the fuck? Were you, what, duo climbing, basically, like? Excuse me? Like, you're climbing together, and she just went Yeah, yeah, so up. I was yeah. like, she was like, will you belay me? I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Basically, better even, like, check it. So I thought that was just fucking stupid. Yeah, that but, was like, a bit stupid, that, like. Yeah, yeah. It's like, even, you know, I think climbing anything even if you're not you know tied but like if you're not doing something like even if you're not doing rope work where you're tied to the person in front of you or behind or whatever it's always good just to like we learned you know in Duke of Ed it was always you know keep the pace of the slowest person and it was like obviously if you're climbing and stuff it can be hard because you're not constantly looking back and stuff Mm -hmm. but you should always be aware you know like even like you know if you're going on a hike and it is misty or something you should always just keep that in mind of like when we done the Tour de Mont Blanc and stuff, we always, you know, I had a bad habit of going on ahead and, you know, I was kind of in that mindset that if I stop, you know, I'll not get going again type thing. Mm-hmm. So I would have just plowed on and then like I'd have been waiting an hour for everyone else to catch up, but it was never in a bit that was like you had to navigate. It would have been just a path or something mm-hmm. and, you know, there was no bad weather or any like bouldering or scrambling or anything involved but like you know there was what like when we did get the tough bits and stuff it was like right slowest person goes first you lead because then we're all together and if anything happens to anybody you know we know exactly what's going to happen and anytime i've been in the morns and we've scrambled something that's you know can be a bit hairy it's like the first person goes up waits to see if the next person needs a hand if they don't they go on the next person waits for the next person to come up you know like it's just that kind of conveyor belt of you check go you check go you check go do you know what i mean that way and it's like a lot of people just forget about stuff like that and it's things like that that can get you in shit do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. really really quickly and the same with that girl you know yous were climbing together and stuff and And this uh, this is just like very domestic compared to like proper mountaineering just in the climbing gym on a tall wall yeah just something as just simple as that and it's something, you know, if it happened in, you know, if you were, like, for example, let's say, doing that climb in Everest, you know, that could be the difference between but, And again, we and go death, back to, like, I mean? so I think globally climbing has really picked up as a sport. We see yeah. now climbing included in the Olympics. And we see, That's like, right. you Actually, know, Tokyo was the first year. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Um, and skateboarding, too. Yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty gnarly yeah, to pretty see. pretty cool. I think but surf, they're trying to get surfing in as well. I'm not sure if they got Ooh, it or not, cool. but that would be cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but how do you do it? Like, you can't control... Yeah, the wa- waves and stuff, true, yeah. 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 <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, I just think, you know, you see an influx of people getting into it. 
and maybe this is the reality of it of just like you know people just rushing ahead with things yeah yeah and it's like you know it's the same with anything it's the same with running like i think you know there's a meme i saw the other week and it was like how do you get into running do you just walk out your front door and start running and it's like how do you get into climbing do you just walk down to your local climbing gym or walk you know round your back and just start climbing your garage or your fence yeah. and it's like you know if, same we're running like if you haven't ran in ages and you just start going full at it you'll get shin splints you'll get you know injuries and stuff i'm gonna be honest <laughs> i'm the fucking idiot who's done that yeah oh so have <laughs> i mean it's so have i like do you know what i mean like everybody has though that's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. and you know it's the same we're going to the gym because i think i'm better than what i really yeah. am yeah oh, everybody <laughs> does though do you know what i mean everybody yeah, thinks and, oh. like again we go back to like um you know people like just getting into like climbing and mountaineering who probably think they're more like competent than probably more like skillful and competent and able than what they're really really at you know you're so much better like taking it step by step yeah you know what I mean? yeah and you'll get so much more enjoyment out of taking it step by step you know like you know you start off in the gym and yeah. then you know if you've got like a good like guide and look larry you can like do trad with them go or for if it, you're yeah. and again like this goes back to qbmc like so i learned a lot of my trad from the guys in qbmc like andrew woods Michael murphy and whatnot and like really grateful for them for showing me the ropes no pun intended <laughs> And it's like it's a, it goes back to like when you're in a good community like that. Um, what do you do if you have no one to show you? Yeah, and exactly. Like, and some people it's like I have no one to show me, so I'm just going to go yolo it. Yeah, that's like what we said at the start. You know about like it's not the type of sport you can just go out in the street and you know pick up with your but mates. But some people are trying that though. Yeah, some people are. But it is just, it is it's hard. Just disastrous. Yeah, it is disastrous. But it's one of those ones where you can't really blame a lot of people because if they want to do it and they've no one else to help them. No, they, saying that they feel I do that's think their only way there to do is it. Like, do you know what I mean? Know, books yes yeah, youtube, uh, YouTube tutorials but then all again, sorts like, of stuff with youtube like literally anyone with a camera or anyone can put up a video and can make put it up a video like so what doing. Yeah. just because so then like i guess we got to look at just like just because something is on youtube does it make it, it yeah, yeah. but then it's like you know then you need like the comments to look at can you question that yeah, like, yeah. yourself or like just even who is putting up the tutorial so like the the British Mountaineering Council, I mean, they've got brilliant videos on like, all right, if you're doing track climbing, this is how you place your nuts, this is how yeah. you place your camps, this is how you build an anchor. They have the most amazing videos. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, and so, but it's like, you know, it's coming from the British Mountaineering Council. So there's like, there's that foundation of credibility to it. Yeah. But then again, there's um, there's this amazing video by this guy who shows you how like to build track anchors. And he states that he's not like a guide or whatever. Uh-huh. or And he does state like, you know, this is just like an educational thing that I'm doing for myself. But he actually does the video in such a good way and he does it in such a way that like let's just say you know like the banners is in your stairs you can hang some things off that and like practice making yeah. anchors there and stuff i so it's like you can do it at home if you really like need yeah you know what i mean because it shows you like yeah yeah you know, like and even when he's like not bed, qualified your bedroom or whatever window he, does, or he actually just does it in such a good way that i yeah. really appreciate but like you know not only so not to look just look at any source in line can you like you know, evaluate it. Yeah. Can you critically evaluate it to see who it's coming from and look at is it, is it coming from UIA guides? Is it coming from like, you know, British Mountaineering yeah. Council, Mountaineering Ireland, things like that? Yeah. I think that's crucial. Like, um, yeah. I'm fucking... And this is like the problem with social media. I don't can just put up like any yeah, shit up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course like, And like the amount of like just, again, on like, you know, basically, I've mentioned this like, you know, probably an hour ago or whatever, but the 
amount of baseless shit that yeah. we have, like whether you're in skateboarding, surfing, climbing, the amount of baseless shit on social yeah, media. Instagram's yeah. terrible for it. It is. And I'm, I'm just terrible for like spending hours a day just browsing Instagram yeah. because I don't know what else to do with myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially at the minute. Like there's nothing else to be at. Like yeah. um yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, on Facebook and Instagram videos of people doing stuff in the mountains that people then go, Oh, that looks cool. That that I never thought of before, and then they're like, "Oh, I want to do that." And then you know, it can be a good thing because it gets people into it, but it can yeah. be the type of thing where you know, a lot of those videos it never says, you know, how difficult something actually or is, how or even hard it was to even get that yeah, video. Exactly, and, and people then think, "Oh, I can just stroll in and do it and, myself." And do you know like what I mean? Just yeah, the complete fuckery of it. But um, it's like a perfect example. I watched a video not that long ago of a guy climbing the Matterhorn. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, the Matterhorn's the mountain on the Toblerone packet. But um, in the where, sorry, you know the Toblerone chocolate. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's the yeah. Matterhorn. That. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a bear in the logo. Yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, there's not actually a bear on the Matterhorn that size, like. But yeah. um, yeah. So basically, this guy climbed the Matterhorn in one day, and he, you know, made it look Wait, so simple. It wasn't the only struck, was it? No, 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 no. I've seen him climb the north face of the Matterhorn and the north Did face Did you see the video of, of him getting the shit knocked out of, getting the shit kicked out of him by the Sherpas at Everest? No. Why would have? Right, I know so he died like, trying to climb Everest. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lutzi, wasn't it? He fell or something? Yeah, but um, so basically, look, I and th- this is my understanding of it. Again, we go back and tell him, of, David, quit talking out of your ass. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, again, I'm, I don't know entirely. Um, I'm not an anthropologist, but basically, so Sherpa, I no. What am I trying to say, dude? Yuri Shack, by the way, for anyone god. that doesn't know, I think, some, is I think to some Sherpa trees, Everest is actually yeah. a god. And yeah, it would be. Yeah. He just more or less insulted Everest. My understanding was that they were setting up the ropes for the season. And yeah. he was just like plowing on up. And they said, look, just wait or whatever. And I don't know what it was, but he just basically insulted Everest to these guys who it's their livelihood, yeah. it's their god. And they're just like, you know, they. I'd imagine those Sherpas just deal with a lot of shit. Yeah, just of course. Like so. fucking these westerners coming in thinking they know the place yeah. you know so like you know we got another issue there so they just like kick the fuck out of him he runs back down to base camp and they're all kicking the fuck out of him and like he goes <laughs> to hide in like the mess tent and they're just throwing rocks at it and stuff and <laughs> would have murdered him like yeah no he his death i think is fascinating because this, what <laughs> no like fascinating in terms fascinating in terms of like what like it's it fits him perfectly yeah it fits yeah, yeah. into what you said about like you know, I'm just disrespecting and just doing his own thing. Because for anyone that doesn't know, like, Yuli Shek was, like, a mountaineer and stuff, and he was known for, like, speed runs and Did stuff. Did he, like, was he the guy who went up to Everest without oxygen? Yeah, yeah, he oh, tried, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what he'd done was he basically, um, he went, and his plan was to do Everest and loop back down and do, um, isn't it Lutzi? Um, the one beside Everest and some other mountain or something. And he went up, and it was something like the Sherpas he was going with either got injured and had to turn around or thought, you know, this isn't worth it, you know, the weather's shit or whatever, we're not doing it. And he just went, nah, fuck it, I'm going anyway. Just plowed on, went on up on his own. Last scene, I think, on the saddle between Everest and I think it's Lutzi on the right, and apparently fell, you know, I think it was something like 400, 600 metres to his death. And you're like, that's the perfect you know, epitomizes him perfectly, you know, speed running, trying to get up as quick as possible and stuff. Doesn't really give a fuck about anyone else, just likes to do it solo and all. Yeah. But it also shows the dangers of, you know, this guy is, you know, one of the best mountaineers in the world. You know, I've I watched a video of him on YouTube, you know, climbing the like the north face of the Jaeger, like 
you know, in no time, straight up, you know, near vertical ice, you know, just climbing it with ice axes and all, and you're like, you're mad, like, and he, you know, goes up here and just falls to his death for, you know, numerous reasons, but one of them is the fact that he just went, you know what, I'm going on my own, and it just shows you, you just know, a bullshit ego. Yeah, you know, yeah. ego kills people, you know what it I mean? It does, and it does. It's, you know, it's the same in any walk of life, and it's the same, you know, um, like Formula One, you know, I love Formula One and stuff, but it's another perfect example, like, you know, Ayrton Senna, um, you know, when he died before, like the race, bef- like the Saturday afternoon before the race and the Sunday and stuff, he was like, he just didn't feel like update, and you know, Sid Watkins, the doctor and stuff, turned around to him and said, you know, you don't have to race, you know, you can just pack it in if you don't want to, you, you know, you can retire, because they were really good mates, and he's like, we'll both just retire and, you know, go live in the Bahamas or something, and Senna was like, you don't understand, like, I can't quit, you know, I just can't, and it was kind of like, you know, is that an ego thing as well, where he's like, no, nah, I'm Martin Senna, you know, I can't just quit. This or is there a whole sponsorship? Yeah, uh, yeah. Who knows? There's a level of like sponsorship and stuff, and maybe what athletes have yeah, to do to maintain maybe, sponsorship. But you know, but, like you know, if he had have just walked away, he'd have lived. You know, he got in the car the next day and you know died. And it's the same with you know um, Alex Honnold. You know, earlier on, he was like, "I don't care about National Geographic being here and all. I don't feel right about this." Yeah. So he stopped. You know, Senna was like, "I don't feel right about this." Went on, died. Do you know what I mean? So. It is one of those situations where, you know, ego can't... I'm not saying Senna's was solely an ego thing at well, all, uh, but I'm it's I'm possible. Not form, I'm not into Formula um, so just what happened? Was it a car crash? Or yeah, what? well, it wasn't anything to do with him. It was a... So that weekend on the Saturday, on the Friday, Rubens Barrichello crashed and was in a coma for a few days, I think. On the Saturday, Roland Ratzenberger, who's another driver, died in qualifying. And so Senna was obviously, you know, like, fuck me, what's going on here? And then on the Sunday, Senna was out and basically something failed in the car and his car just went head first into a brick wall and just the wheel, like, or the suspension broke, came up, hit his helmet, straight through his helmet, killed him instantly. But, you know, it's hard to say whether it was an ego thing or not. Who knows? But, you know, it just shows you that you can't, like, if you don't feel right about something... Just don't do it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that intuition in you or your gut reaction? Yeah, is. and it's, you know, it's the same with, you know, like that last, the last podcast I done, we were talking about like ins- inspirational people and talking about, you know, people who decided against doing certain things and, you know, changing their mind and all. And it's, you know, 9-11 comes to mind where a lot of people in 9-11 went, I don't feel right today. I'm not yeah. going to go in. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying, you know, gut feelings are like a spiritual thing or anything like that. You know, but there's you, something there. Yeah, like you could get a gut feeling, oh, I shouldn't do this, but you go ahead and do it and you're fine anyway. But especially when it comes to climbing and stuff like that that are really dangerous, if you get a feeling, oh, we shouldn't do this, don't. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you can always, it's better to live and be like, oh, regret it, you know, than to die. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I saw a video of a guy stopped 300 meters from the summit of Everest because he, he just, he stopped 300 meters from the summit of Everest. Because he felt, you know, I don't feel right about this. Yeah. But, like, again, I'll go back to, like, like, 
that's just courage and more power to that individual. Yeah, of course well. it is. Yeah. yeah do you know power. what I mean? And he may regret that for the rest of his life, but at least he'll like, have a life to regret it in. Do you know what I mean? Maybe not related to climbing or whatever, but like, have you ever been in a situation as a kid or whatever and you were pressurized into doing something that you didn't feel right about and you did it and you just feel like such a shitbag for yeah. it? Yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. I know, like egg in someone's house or whatever. Yeah. Not that it's the same thing as what we're no, talking about. No, but yeah, like, you're right. You know, yeah. Like 100%. Thing, just yeah. Yeah. You just, you want to back out of it, you didn't because peer pressure from friends, you egg in someone's house and you just feel like such a shitbag. I gave you a good example of the other way around where I haven't, you know, bowed to peer pressure and it worked out well was, and it wasn't peer pressure in the sense of in a bad way, it was just my mates we were interrailing and my mates were like, oh, come on out, we're going to a nightclub, come on out. And I just didn't fancy it that night. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, just come on, like, stop being like a dick or whatever. And I was like, no, I just don't want to go didn't go and then one of my mates ended up losing his phone like got stolen off him by a bunch of other boys lost his phone lost everything and he lost his wallet as well and i'm like you know if i had a went out and that had been me i'd have been like fuck me why did i do you know what i mean yeah, give in and yeah. stuff like but it is you know crucial like we're coming up um is there anything else you want to add because we're an hour and a half and i don't know i kind I of like thing to keep, that you came know, to me was i'm um, just a very insightful friend of mine uh-huh um she shared an article with me about um big wave female surfers and you know like they're like in sports there is sexual discrimination against women oh of course there is yeah. like skateboarding fu- like do you know what fucking everything yeah um did you ever see like you know the female fo- uh, the female uh, so- sorry why am i saying female what am i like some fucking bullshit <laughs> moron you know but like you know uh ma- like male versus women um soccer players yeah. you know did you ever see like a a, a women's uh, fifa match like it's just brutal. Yeah. And they don't fucking back down from anything and yeah. they don't stop for anything. Like they're like so many levels above the men in one way. But like I'm only giving that as an example because I saw like one match where they were just like it was brutal, but like they didn't stop or whatever. They yeah, just yeah. did like the men's match and they just um stop over the little smallest thing. Diving all over the place and all yeah. But no, she sent me like an article um you know, about like discrimination against uh big wave surfing and like, you know, with men with the me- with men, it's like um, you know, big sponsorship and all that stuff. Yeah. With women, it's like they're doing they're surfing as hard as the men, but um, you know, they have to work like jobs and everything to get by. Yeah. And then like when they do get like, and this is just something that occurred to me. One, uh, the, the woman who's been interviewed, I think she broke like a record for like one of the biggest waves surfed. Um. And she said like we finally got sponsorship by uh, Roxy, but you know we had to like. You know, they wanted us to surf in like bikinis and stuff, posing bikinis and whatnot. <laughs> and it's like, and she what made a point of, you know, like? you don't do that in big wave surfing. You need like yeah. a big tick point wetsuit. And for me, like, the, and again, this goes also ties in with like the baseless shit we see on social media of like, and I, and it ties in with another thing. I remember years ago, like a, a female climber, uh, uh, she wrote about, you know, the underside of like, you know, corporate sponsorship of you have to put up X amount of social media posts and whatnot. Yeah. But like I'm just tied in of like um I I honestly think we're going to see like someone come forward of like I had to put up sexually provocative posts as part of my contract and things like that. Yeah. Because I am seeing like and I, but th- that could be like you know, it could be a case of well it's actually not sexually provocative. David that's just you being like a bullshit pervert. <laughs> but like I do think like even like there is an element of that like female sure, there was, stars um, still have to like sell their bodies yeah. in one way or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well I but again we go back to am I just being like a fucking perv? And like we, we do and I do think there is body issues there's body issues in climbing. Because like how many times do I see like some 
hotshot dude, topless, just completely built and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> fuck, I wish I was like yeah, that. Do yeah. I want to be like that? I don't know. Now I feel kind of bad about it's myself. like, yes, I would like to look like that, but would I want to sacrifice everything to look like that? No. Do you want to sacrifice you know chocolate? I mean? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing with stuff like that, you know, in general, yeah. as a final note, is people see that image and think, oh, that should just be instantly attainable. And then when they don't have that, they think, fuck, like, I'm just a fat mess or I'm yeah. just lazy. And and sometimes I do get that in my head and, like, I'm trying not to because I know I it's just not true. physically fit. I, like, try to work out as best as I can and stuff. But it's like, sometimes, you know, when you do see... Uh, but then there's also the issue of, well, get off Instagram, dickhead. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, you know, yeah. that does come to me of, like, you know, me... Uh, you know, yeah. kind of like having doubts about my yeah. own body and my own physical abilities and stuff. You're absolutely right. And it's like, you know, we have that issue and then like, I honestly, again, I go back to, I honestly think someone's going to come out in a few years and, and say, I was forced to sexualize the sport or sexualize my involvement with the sport or sexualize my body yeah. because of corporate sponsorship or whatever. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, and yeah. you know, um, as an interesting note, the final thing, you know, was something else that caused outrage in the morns was these girls went up and posed with their tops off um, for photos, you know, when it was really snowy and stuff. Yeah. Just an interesting thing on that, you know, that sort of issue and but stuff. But then like, again, if in one way, it's like, you know, if if they feel comfortable... Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of but course But then it's it like, is, you know, yeah. that's, you know, you've been the shitbag for being, like, interpreting it. But it's, whatever. it's the... Re- it's, you know, it's maybe why... Did they feel they had to do that? Did yeah. They feel, you know what I mean? That's yeah. when it becomes, you know, who knows? Like, that's a whole... You know, you could go down a rabbit hole and talk about stuff like that yeah. all day. But, um, yeah, we're going to stop there because, you know, um, it's been an hour and a half and I know if the podcast went on for, like, four hours, people would be, like, fuck, I'm not listening to <laughs> Um Even though I could probably sit here and talk all night. Like, but, um, yeah, thank you very much for coming on, Dave. Hey, look, um, thanks for having me. I mean... It. Any other hope time, you know? You. No, definitely. Yeah, I hope we didn't bore you. I definitely wasn't bored, like so. Um, although I am a bit cold, but apart from that, um, yeah, thank you very much, guys, for listening, and thank you very much, Dave, for coming on. I love you, and leave you.